0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of After Further Review. It's Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Sands, our producer, Jeff Taylor, for the second show in a row, John Pelkey. And uh, wow, I mean, I'm getting the hang of this thing. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually... (laughs) You know, that that talk about famous last words. Can you yep. believe it? After one, mm.
1: Yes, exactly. After one show that I was, don't know what's happening. Good Lord. Exactly. Yeah, going. Oh, my God, please. Yeah, so we'll not. see what happens. But it's uh, it's, uh, you know, Did Jeff Wally pip himself. That's the question. I think we all have. <laughs> <laughs> but if that were the case, then the Yankees would have decided just to go with eight. You know, it's, it's, it wasn't replaced. This is like they right—they pulled Pip out of the field. Subtraction, addition by subtraction, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if a pitcher would have gone down, if a yeah. pitcher would have gone down, and then Ruth replaced the pitcher and and did the pitching and was in the outfielder, uh, so it wasn't Ruth. But if it if it was if it was a pitcher and if it was someone that Babe Ruth could replace, then that's how this would work. Otherwise, the yeah. Wally Pip comparison does not work. Wow, that no. was. Very well, very unwell said, including okay. the comment on it was very unwell said. Wow. All right. I, yep. First of all, you know what it is? I'm distracted because it's Lenny's birthday.
1: Yep. It's Lenny's birthday.
0: We want to wish him a very happy birthday. I long, believe it's long a time, one for
1: him. Many time. Long time listener, many time caller. In fact, co-hosted one of our shows on the radio. Yeah. We used to do that sort of thing.
0: I, I think it's indeed a, uh, a a big, big birthday for Lenny. Yeah. Okay. So we want to wish him uh, all the best. We want to wish him all the best. Russ Ayers, another loyal listener to us, had a big birthday this year. Okay. As well,
1: well, I got to say timing is everything and Lenny got uh the gift that he was hoping to get on his birthday from the Big 10 apparently. So and we're going to we're going to get to that. We're going to get to uh all of that really amazing news. October
0: yeah. 24th apparently is the uh is the the day they kick off their season and the Pac-12 Looks like they're. Uh, Are they discussing it? Jeff yeah? holding the bag. Well, they're talking about November at this point. They won't uh, be part of the playoffs at all. Bit ten trying to still be part of the playoffs. But we'll get into that a bit. We're also going to get into uh, the NBA playoffs. I mean, the NHL playoffs. there was a phenomenal game last night. They went yeah. to two overtimes. Oh, by the way, well, no, the the Celtics Heat went to two overtimes, and I believe uh, Islanders and and uh, Lightning also went to two. Yeah, overtimes. Yeah, went to two overtimes.
1: Yep. And, uh, but we're going to talk about the Nuggets and the Clippers. And right. Then and we're going and it's see. not going to be positive. We're not going to, we're going to be like, we're probably going to be like everybody else and not give the Nuggets any credit. And we're going to talk about the Clippers the whole time, which is going see, to be angry. But, 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 you know, but you know me,
0: John. I'm going to try and keep us at least somewhat fair and balanced with that because I do believe, I mean, I, I, I do believe that, uh, the, the Nuggets deserve all kinds of credit. They certainly all kinds do. All credit. I don't disagree. And uh, and and obviously, we'll talk about the Clippers as well. We'll talk a little bit about baseball, this idea that uh, the, the league itself, in conjunction with the players' union, let's just stop there. Something has been co-joined between those two entities about the postseason and the bubble, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the standings right now. If the playoffs were to end today, John, there's, a, there's quite a few surprises.
1: It'd be surprised if the playoffs were to end today, which is what you said. So that would be, you know, are are you making your World Series prediction? Is that what you're saying? If the regular season were
0: to end
1: today. Right now, on the
0: spot, Mark. Who's in the world? 17 times already thus far. It's okay.
1: But right on the spot, it makes me, I I was going to ask you this anyway. I was going to spring this on you anyway. Right now, today, who's in the World Series and who wins it? Right now, on the spot, if you had to.
0: Uh, it's the Dodgers and the White Sox. <laughs> the Dodgers and the White... Actually, you know what? Dodgers and the Rays. Dodgers okay. and the Rays. The Dodgers and a- no, 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 no. no, Padres Uh-oh. and the Rays. <laughs> oh, my God. Padres
1: and the Rays. Tens of people will tune in. <laughs> exactly. They're going to
0: open... There will be limited seating in this bubble. At least they're, it's being talked about. And, you know,
1: 17 people are going to show up. The same seventeen, if there areas. wasn't COVID, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, I just—I thought I was yeah, going to throw that exactly. out to you anyway, because exactly. I was looking. So, I was looking at the standings. I was going to throw that question out to you. So, that thanks for setting me up for that.
0: And uh, we're also going to do a little uh, deep dive promo for next week's, because we have a another deep dive coming up next week, John. Deep dive
1: ten could be the last one for a bit. We've decided not to commit to them necessarily because there are going to be so many live sporting events going on over right. the next month. I mean, this weekend coming up is the U.S. Open in golf. For gosh sakes, right. throw that I mean, on top of everything else.
0: We have golf. We just completed the U.S. Open tennis tournament. Yep. We have hockey. We'll have ho- you know hockey finals, NBA finals, Major League Baseball wrapping up their season head head into the postseason. The NFL in full. Full- blown gear as well as college football, uh, so yeah, there's going to be lots to talk about. there's no doubt about it, and maybe there is no room for the deep dive, so we, we do I guess have to do this next one coming up because that will make it an even 10. That will yeah, why it, not? I've done five, you've done five <laughs> and and we'll go from there, I suppose we have to you know keep everything as
1: you know fair and balanced. you, you don't care for it nothing. You just you would prefer you you would prefer not to do it, but you know that if you don't do it, that I will uh, I will never let you forget that. That would You'll give me a level hand. of hand. I have, have hand. some
0: hand, and I cannot right. I cannot really bear that. I don't. I, really blame, I don't blame
1: you. I couldn't I understand that. Yeah. I couldn't bear having hand over you. I understand. Oh, you you couldn't bear having hand over me. Of course, no, because I know for having hand over me. I know, but this would just this entire podcast would just uh, denigrate into me trying to uh, lord that over you. I mean, I I know, I I know from where I come. A
0: lot of this, a lot of this podcast is you trying to lord something over me. It may not be, you know, deep dive responsibilities. All right, we are going to talk about the Big 14. Oh, by the way, I should continue to call them that, the, you know, the 14. It's it's amazing, ESPN. The 14 teams in the Big 10. Does right. anyone Irony is dead. Exactly. Can you not comment on the obvious? That's oh, what really? we're trained and no one can. All right. Let's start with our progressive trivia. We are going to do a uh progressive trivia for Major League Baseball this time around. Okay. And uh, you know, that's pretty fun stuff. Pretty fun stuff. Um, whoops, let me do this. Sorry about that. Anyone listening? You, here we go. It should be up right. there right now. Coming it's up there. Uh, our it's first making its way for our progressive trivia. I see it on my screen personally. Yep, I can see it. Sure. It's no big deal. Yep. Played for 17 plus seasons in the major leagues. Career numbers: 200, uh, oh my gosh, a 285 average, 2,300 plus hits. Very solid. 225 plus stolen bases and a thousand plus RBIs. Interesting combination of stats. Played with Ruben Sierra and Tito Fuentes. Wow. Anyone? Anyone? Finished in the top 10 for MVP three times. All right. So played okay. 17 plus seasons in the majors. Great number. 285 batting average. Don't worry, folks. Everything's fine. 2,300-plus <laughs> hits, 225-plus stolen bases. It's just hilarious when you hear this huge crash in the back. Here's my
1: phone. My phone fell off the table over next to me. It, it vibrated. I tried to grab it.
0: RBIs and uh, played with Ruben Sierra. Tito Fuentes finishing the top ten for the MVP <laughs> three times. All right, that's pretty fun. I like that one a lot. All right, so All right. let's let's talk about college football. That's the big breaking news right now. The Big Ten are slated to play October 24th and uh, evidently they've had you know a plethora of meetings John Pelkey and the difference the difference between now and when they announced they weren't going to do this season is the fact that they have access to rapid result testing right which which renders moot the need to have all the contact tracing because they can get results right away and that medical evidence That medical situation has given them enough cause to reverse their decision. And also, Mark, it's all medically based.
1: Well, also, on top of, you know, if you look at it in there, uh, from from what I understand, the uh, the testing is a 15-minute turnaround. Everyone will be tested every day. uh, There's a 15-minute turnaround on the uh, results so that they will know when they go out to practice that day, that everyone on the field has tested negative. So if there is a transfer of um, uh, of the disease from one person to another, uh, it will have happened following practice up, up until their test the next day. So to your point, the contract, contact tracing needed now, as opposed to these places where they're testing every two or three days, is really, you know, a 16 hour period or a, a, you know, a 19 hour period, depending on, on how long, uh, they're just in their practice bubble. So that, to your point, renders it moot. You don't have to now take, you know, 30 guys out of practice for, for two days to get, get them tested. Um, and I think the Big Ten, uh, I think if, if the Big Ten can be criticized for anything, it would be for announcing they canceled their season too soon. But a great point was made today, Mark, and I mentioned this to you before the show, is that someone said, well, it w- the other choice would have been to just either say, yes, we're going to play um, and and hope that this came together or to just consistently put it off and say, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting. to We're postponing. We're postponing. Would that have been any better? And would they have been able to announce their season any earlier? It seems like not because it all came down to making sure they had the resources in place, For this testing, they do now. I salute them really for what they've done.
0: I, I agree. I don't think they would have been able to make this call that they're starting if they were going to base everything on this medical information and the medical science until they had the rapid result testing. Every 15 minutes changes the game, John Pelkey. Yeah. That kind of stuff becomes available to the rank and file American throughout the country. That will change the game. Yeah. As we, Keep everyone who is vulnerable, as isolated as possible, and shut them down, if you will, as opposed to shut the economy down. Uh, It it would be a game changer, and it is a game changer now in college football. But if they don't know, to your point, if they don't know it until this weekend, this previous weekend, then they wouldn't be able to make a
1: decision until this previous weekend, regardless of what they said a month ago. And listen, there are still going to be challenges. Uh, you know, every, it's not going to be perfect. People will still test positive. These are students on campus. They're going to be, after they've left practice, they're going to be hanging out with, uh, with other folks who aren't tested every day. But again, the good thing is you might have three, four. Five players hanging out together at any point in time who may be exposed as opposed to not knowing 100 percent in a practice situation that the I don't know what 70 players that you have on the field are all at risk. It's just um it is uh I know there are there are voices in opposition. Christine Brennan most uh vociferously saying it was the darkest day in the history of the Big Ten uh that they bowed to the pressure of this. Uh What pressure? I, th- I thought a good uh well I mean there is there has been pressure from the outside uh players players parents and other people for them to play. I I, I don't know that it's a pressure that would norm I, and I don't think it really pushed them in in this direction. Um but uh I I would argue as did uh uh Colin Cowherd earlier on his show that Jerry Sandusky may have been a little darker day in the history of the Big Ten than this. Uh, She's probably put it into perspective, but there will be critics and there will be breakouts. But it will be limited, as I've said, more than likely to a handful of players, not a situation where you have to pull your team off the practice field for two days. Well, and
0: evidently the evidence in terms of long term uh, negative effects, which is, uh, some of the evidence that they cited as a reason why they canceled the season, why the Pac 12 canceled the season as well. A couple of those football players with some heart issues they discovered after they had COVID, after they had recovered from COVID. Uh, apparently that isn't as, you know, widespread or those potential ramifications aren't as widespread as previously thought. So that's helpful. Les Miles has been on record thinking that most of his uh players have already gotten COVID.
1: I thought and that was Coach O down at LSU. I thought was uh did Les Ed Miles Ed Orgeron. Or Geron. I'm sorry,
0: what did I say? Oh, Les Miles Les Miles. He used to sorry, be a coach there. Yeah. He's in Kansas just, now. Not with it. I'm not with it. Ed Orgeron yeah. said it at LSU. Uh, th- he's been the coach there now for for a while. Won a national uh, championship.
1: From what He did, he did.
0: Les Miles was <laughs> was not there last year. Uh, so he has said that most of them have. He thinks most of them have gotten it. He hopes that the w- what he's read, and of course, we don't know of this science one way or the other. If the, if you are able to be immune for a certain period of time, once you have it, you don't know. But he's he's sort of just matter of factly saying that, and it's interesting because the states that don't. Haven't taken as severe precautions. You know, have allowed even the Big Ten as well have allowed some limited practices. Have allowed some other things. Ed Orgeron is looking at his team and saying, "Okay, well, they've gotten it. If they've gotten over it, great. We're going to move on." I think he's trying to demystify it a bit, but it's it's very it's very much akin to the rest of the country in terms of how. And I don't want to say seriously because I I, I tend to think there's very uh, only a very small percentage of people that don't think this should be taken seriously. I think there's a larger percentage that think that they don't have to take it as seriously in terms in terms of worrying about getting it themselves. I think there's a very small percentage that is that are out there not worrying about giving it to others, however, right. and not worrying about giving it to the most vulnerable. But there is a huge wide swath of people who aren't as concerned there, there there's a incredible curve between people who aren't that concerned about getting them themselves and people who are hunkered down you know for six months now because they are worried that it's just around the corner it's lurking it's lurking under the bathroom sink ready well to it attack. is i
1: mean it is unseen there is really no way to know, and even with all the information that we've had that we have at this point mark, I think you would agree six months from now we will have more information and some of what we believe to be true now may not be either true at all or there may be a varying degree of truth to it the 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 concern the biggest concern for me now would be the unknown and 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 i guess it's been cleared up a little bit uh uh, according to what we hear from the big ten but the unknown about uh for someone who does get the disease what the long-term's effect would the long-term effect would be i'm i have no access to that information is the long term effect more uh, frequent in people who have a more severe uh, reaction to, to it, to the disease? Because we both know people who've had it and we both know people who've had it uh, you know, mild and then people who have had a, a little bit worse time. So those questions uh, still uh, remain. Um, but I do think um, I, I don't think demystifying it is necessarily bad. Um, but I I got a little bit of a sense with with Coach O that it was that's a little bit of a cheerleading football coach thing. I mean, they they, they clearly want to play. Um, so uh, in conclusion for me, I, I it seems as though the, the Big Ten has really done their due diligence. Um, the rapid testing thing, to your point, we have said this since April. You get a rapid test. And we said at the time, remember, Mark, we said 24 hours notice was rapid testing. 15 yeah. minutes notice, you know, you know, everybody on the field is is safe. Right. Now, I don't know. I haven't heard what the percentage of false positives or false negatives could be. There generally are those. So it could change. But uh this this would be a game changer for the schools, by the way. And let me reiterate this at six million dollars that can afford it. I don't think this would have helped. Some of the smaller conferences with schools that don't have that kind of money to throw around.
0: No, and I'm, I'm disappointed with the Pac 12 personally, because I, 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 I'm, I'm a little disappointed with California to tell you the truth. I, well, I they have
1: other issues right now, though, Mark, they may not be able to play because of air quality index.
0: Right. At, I understand that, but, but area. the 49ers were able to play on Sunday. I mean, the, the Giants game was canceled. Uh, the, the Giants game was canceled as a result, but I think that that was in Seattle. Right.
1: No, there are, there are not, it's not just in California, but there are some, those are, I think, genuine concerns. But that
0: has nothing to do with what the, you know, Pac 12 is going through or what the Big 10 went through in terms of their decisions early on. I think the problem with the Pac 12 is that they can't ramp up as fast as the Big 10 because there's a, because in California and in Oregon, where there's a, a, a lot of schools in the Pac 12, there's, uh, they haven't been able to practice at all. Right whereas there were a plethora of states plethora of schools in the Big 10 that were able to so they were able to ramp up a little bit faster but i th- i think you're right we'll we'll know a lot more in 6 months and rapid testing is what it's all about you're you're right we thought if you can give a kid a test every day that would be great now it's you know it is every day now and they can find out in 15 minutes so i'm rooting for it i'm hoping that Pac 12 eventually gets going. I don't think they'll be able to make the college football playoff. The Big 10 is doing everything they can to qualify for that. There's going to have to be a vote, I believe, for all the other conference, the conference uh, commissioners as to whether or not to allow the Big 10 to participate in the college football playoff. But we'll see. It's, it's in the end to me, it's a good thing. In the end, it's good news. It's a good thing. And I think we should, we should celebrate it. And, you know, we can roll our eyes at, entities that either say I told you so or you know you're welcome for the help or even this is the darkest day in the Big 10 again <laughs> the extreme over the top reactions sure. i think the best place to put those are just in the back of our head where our eyes roll
1: by the way right. i want to i want to tell you right now how the conferences should vote on whether or not they let the Big 10 into the college football playoff I believe that the SEC, the SEC would vote against it. I believe that the Big 12 and the ACC will vote for it. And the reason is because if you elect to have the Big Ten in, then there will be a Big Ten team, most likely Ohio State, in in the playoff. If you don't bring them back, you will have two SEC teams in the playoff, as we know. And if I'm the Big 12 in the ACC, I'd rather take a shot at a Big 10 team in the playoff. So it's, they're going to be, the SEC will be outvoted two to one. All right. Very good. I thought you were going to make some crack
0: about Notre Dame in in its entire voting.
1: Oh, they should be banned from, uh, if the Big 10 comes back to play, uh, Notre Dame should be kicked out of college football.
0: Very good. All right. On that note,
1: forever.
0: All right, very good. On that note, let's go back to our progressive trivia. Uh, We're looking for a Major League Baseball player, past or present. Now, remember, uh, we do have a couple of guests in. We have Mark Grace as a guest, and we also have Will Clark as a guest. Both of those are wrong, so let's go and revisit the first four clues one more time. Here we go. Played 17-plus seasons in the majors. Career numbers, 285. Batting average, 2,300-plus hits, 225 plus stolen bases, 1,000-plus RBI. Played with Ruben Sierra and Tito Fuentes. Former Giant second baseman Tito Fuentes. Loved him. Finished in the top 10 for the MVP three times. And here we go. Next set of clues coming up. Six-time All-Star. Played whole career for one team. Was a World Series MVP. And in the Hall of Fame. Man.
1: Wow. What do
0: you th- what do you think,
1: Johnny? No, I Good guessed. Car. I guessed incorrectly, um, and I knew immediately because I guessed on the first set of clues, and I just hadn't sent it to you yet. And then these popped up. I knew I was wrong. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's not-, not Mark Grace. It's mm-hmm. not Ivan Rodriguez, and it's not Will Clark. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think about it. That's that's difficult. All right.
0: To the NBA, to the Nuggets and the Clippers. I'm sorry. The Nuggets played. Yes, I the Clippers
1: lost an inner squad playoff game with themselves, so they can't move on. If you if you watch the the, the national media shows, it's
0: it's the darkest day in Los Angeles Clippers history in the entire history of the Clippers, whether wow. they were in San Diego, Los Angeles, or Buffalo. I'm not sure where they started. Um
1: not uh, like it like saying a C minus student got a D? I mean, isn't that really what it's like? The darkest well, day in the history of the Clippers? I mean, 49 that is, seasons, and they've never been to a conference final.
0: Yep. In that sense, it absolutely is. But of course, we don't think big picture. We think small picture, and there's a wide liner. Paul george they're going to do it. They're gonna
1: well, be you, always you always dispute uh, that they're uh, like Red Sox Yankees for a long time. You said it's, it's not a rivalry, it's a hammer and a nail. Well, really, playoff history is the hammer, and the Clippers are the nail for That's dogs. true. That,
0: that's true I mean, honestly. And, and this this idea that the that LA was a Clippers Lakers town together that they were sharing the town is pretty silly it really is and uh yeah the the Clippers looked good Kawhi looked good most of the year Kawhi looked good in the playoffs most of the time Paul George was was uh, up and down obviously and I I I hate to say it John but I've told you about my feelings regarding I Doc guess. Rivers yeah and I just don't think he has quote-unquote, the necessities to win in the playoffs. He's just proven over and over again that better squads, better rosters that he's
1: coaching come up short. A little bit of Marty Schottenheimer. little Marty Schottenheimer. A, a I think that bit. is a really good, because I would say, I think Marty Schottenheimer, if you look at his record, qualifies as a borderline, a great NFL coach. You look at how many games over five hundred he is, and I can't yep. tell you off the top of my head how many times his teams have gone to the playoffs. How many? And 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 honestly, Mark, when you're when you're deciding what greatness is, longevity in the regular season and success. George Allen never had a losing season as a head coach in the NFL. Those make you great. There's a different type of guy whose teams step up in the postseason. And there are different types of coaches that way. There are coaches who take front runners in and always win, and there are coaches who, who can win with a little bit less. I think Doc Rivers at this point is a very good NBA coach.
0: Well, Jeff's not here, and uh, Eric Spolster is his favorite coach, and Eric Spolster in his mind well, is a top three coach of all time, and he's uh, certainly proving that he can take a uh, a roster that no one thought would get this far much less be three games away from being in the NBA finals and, and, and that's a huge notch in his belt. But regardless of all of that, I think we have to focus on the Nuggets on this one because they're the only team in NBA history, John, to come back from two three to one deficits in the postseason. Yeah. That's never happened. No. So that's remarkable. You've no, got people uh, will say
1: it's just the bubble. Um but, but, but I would argue that's even more difficult in some ways because you never have that game where you've got the crowd that can get you uh, into the game. And it certainly appeared last night with the Nuggets, and I watched a lot of that, Mark. Didn't it look like at the end of that game, the Nuggets were playing a home game because the Clippers couldn't hit a shot from deep. They were, even when they were getting second chance stuff and you could just hear if that had been in Denver, now it would be seventh game. It it wouldn't have been, but if it had been a home game, you could just hear the crowd getting behind them or vice versa. You know, if you were the the Clippers crowd would have gone quiet. Um, So I, I, I reject anybody who says, well, you know, it's a little different because it's the bubble. There are, um everyone's equal in the bubble, John. And, and there are positives of, and negatives about both.
0: Plenty of uh teams that were favored that have that had home court that came back from one three to one deficit, for instance, in the playoffs. So it has nothing to do with that. That's a that's a silly argument, if you ask me. I reject it out of hand as you do. And I also think it has to do with the the way the Clippers would get tight. They had they had they were in control in Game Five. I think it was a 16-point lead. I think it was a 15 or 17-point lead in Game Six. Yes. They had a lead last night as well. And once once Denver started catching up and 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 going ahead, the Clippers, to your point, could not hit a shot. No,
1: I, I'll tell you. And Kawhi, who I I agree played well throughout most of uh, the playoffs, yeah, didn't last play couple well last of four night. quarters particularly end of the game, that clutch thing. Again, when you talk about guys, you know, the Robert Ori's of the world who weren't would never be considered on the same level. But in those moments, they hit the clutch spots. And Kawhi wasn't doing that. And that Clipper team just seemed, they seemed just a little off track. In that and towards I mean, the end of
0: that game, they were in such control of this series. They were up three one in game five. In the thir- in the second half, they're up sixteen points in game six. Up three two, they're up sixteen points or more. Uh, it, it's remarkable what they let go here. But you've got Jamal Murray, who's the first the first round was playing out of his head, and now uh, Nikola Jokic, <laughs> who is unbelievable. You you've got. You've got someone averaging twenty five points and ten rebounds, ten or eleven rebounds, and you've got another uh, kid, Jamal Murray, averaging twenty five points. Uh, you know, Jokic I think is twenty five, Murray's twenty three.
1: What well, did uh, we talk about with them? We said early on, oh my gosh, they're too young. They're not gonna, re- they're not gonna win everything. They won't get to the, the the conference final, but they're really talented. And boy, I think what we saw too is Mark they're well coached and well managed because there's a there's a um yes. chemistry that you saw with them um in, in these last couple of games particularly which i watched the most of uh throughout their playoff run um there's a chemistry with them and they play they just played better basketball they looked like the better of the two teams and deserved to win it wasn't yeah. just a, a clippers collapse at all
0: no, no it's great coaching it's great coaching because what they're doing they are young they lost three out of four games to the Lakers during the regular season. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Now they lost three out of four games to the jazz and, and, and to the Clippers yeah. before they came on, they're learning. They are that learning curve for those young players, uh, is, is not very steep at this point in time. And granted the Lakers have played well against teams that have this kind of setup, you know, mm-hmm. really solid, big man, really high scoring point guards, And it's really been all about their defense. The Lakers' defense has stepped up, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis's defense has stepped up. Anthony and and, you know between uh, Dwight Howard and there's another center that kind of platoons, quote unquote, with him. uh, They've shut down other big men as well. So it's it's going to take everything they've done so far, right? The Nuggets plus to win, but that's what we said about getting. By the Clippers. Yeah. And that's certainly what we said about getting by the Jazz when they were down three to one. So who knows? Well, it's you, a phenomenal story. You also and
1: wonder here's t- the t- Lakers t-
0: right now at with with you know no bucks in front of them, no Clippers yeah. in front of them. So
1: well yeah, I think you also you brought up the good point about their age. And I tell you, uh, the Clippers, I can't I couldn't even count the number of shots they missed because there in the end their size was helping out. They were a little longer on the court and they were getting second chance shots. And just nothing was dropping for them. And, and most basketball knowledgeable people will tell you that happens when your legs get tired, when your legs are out of it. And you just wonder if the youth of the Nuggets and being three or four or five or six years younger in NBA athlete terms You know, you can lose a little bit and it gets more tiring and you have to figure at some point, Mark, and this is something Doc Rivers, I think, is going to have to answer to um, that. That at some point, that team just seemed to. uh, And particularly for this game seven, it it was almost like they thought it would happen that they were that they they came into it thinking we should have finished these guys off. Oh, my gosh, maybe everything is working against us. And they couldn't hit a couple of shots, and then they started forcing everything. And then maybe they're too tired at the end of the game, but it's just – uh it's really disappointing I was pulling for them. I thought they would uh, – I thought an L.A. L.A. Western Conference final would be just a blast. Um, But I, to your point, <laughs> we may have a hell of a series with this Nuggets team because they, you know, don't have as much tape on these guys as you do some of those other veterans on the Clipper team. And maybe they can, um, surprise the Lakers. Um, I, I wouldn't look at this if you're a Laker fan. I think a lot of them are going, all right, dodge yeah. the bullet there. You, yeah. you got to show no, up. No. You're going to have to show up.
0: You're going to totally have to show up. There's no doubt about it. They shut down, though, big scores and Jamal Murray has, has been a big score, but so is, uh, uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, they've been both big scorers and they shut down Lillard and they shut down Harden pretty nicely. But you're right. It, they're going to, have to step up they got some they got some rest so the the old men that up the them. lakers sure. have have some rest but it's not going to be a walk in the park for sure and i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they lost game one like they lost game one against houston they lost game one as well against portland and they sort of feel out their opponent we'll see it's not going to be a walk in the park and it's also not going to be a walk in the park for the heat even though they're up one nothing uh, this is a double overtime win for them. That what was a great a, game. It was a great game. It was unbelievable. And the Heat, talk about a team stepping up when it matters most uh, against another team that has done that all postseason as well. Yeah. This could be a very classic Eastern Conference finals, we're about to
1: see. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really, really interested to see uh how the Celtics bounce back after that. Uh because uh there were times where, um, Miami looked like they were just going to take control of that game and the Celtics were able to, to fight back. It was chippy. I love Marcus Smart just because of the drama aspect of it. And I, I was public, full disclosure, public address announcer for the, um, uh, artist formerly known as the Advocare Classic, now the Orlando Classic, college basketball tournament when Marcus Smart played in it. And he was just a lot of fun in that tournament as well. I like a lot about that Celtic team. But that was a, you know, for a game one loss, that's a pretty tough one to walk away from. You can certainly say, well, you know what? It took them two overtimes to beat beat us. But you're the, you're the higher-seeded team, and they push you to two overtimes and then win it that way and and you i jeff i wish jeff were here you got to look at eric Spolster and say this is a guy you don't want to see on a sideline as an opponent uh, in in the playoffs because he's had a great deal of success i uh, i you know I, again i think game 2 is really going to set the table for this I, if if the celtics go out and lay a ga- lay an egg in game 2 i'd be concerned i'd be really concerned
0: let's move on to hockey you love the islanders because their coach used to coach the Barry Trotz. Cowboys. Yeah. Coach the caps when they won their, uh, their cup, their only cup. And, uh, so I can understand that allegiance to the Islanders, but you also mentioned during our, uh, you know, vast amount of pre show preparation that we do together, uh, that you just don't like Tampa Bay. Well, I'm, and, I'm and, a, and Jeff has mentioned that too. He doesn't like the teams as a captain. He doesn't man, like can. the city.
1: Well, I don't I know I don't dislike the city. I, I'm not going to go so far. I've spent I spent a good deal of time over in Tampa and I've, I've enjoyed my time there. I'd still I'd go to Ybor City today if I thought it were safe. Um, but <laughs> I uh, and, and, and I don't mean, you know, unsafe other than the. Well, yeah, it can be be. I, no, I understand. Uh, it's you, just you know, it's you just fun. Yeah, it is. But as I know what you mean, as a Capitals fan, you, you don't like. The lightning because they're in the same they're in the Eastern Conference they're you know they perennially put a good team on the ice they've upset us a, a couple of times we've certainly beaten them in the playoffs right um but to me last night what it looked like to me uh, and I give Tampa a lot of credit actually cuz up 3 to 1 uh to fight through the two overtimes and I know it's a deciding game but I I kind of expect in those games a lot of time by the second overtime the team that's up 3 to 1 is like All right. Well, we can, you know, we still have two to win one. So, uh, but they were, they were fighting, uh, through the end of that thing. They're so physical. They're so big and they're so physical, Tampa. And I just think the, the Islanders, you know, it was lose and go home. And I think that just was maybe the thing that got them over in the end, though you and I've watched enough Stanley Cup, you know, deciding games, either game sevens or games that could decide anything into multiple overtimes At, at a point you get a little lucky. Too, you know, at, at a point you get traffic in front of the goal and guy just makes a bad play. But uh, I, I just think the, uh, the Islanders were essentially playing with house money at this point in time and they had nothing to lose. So no,
0: and they still have nothing to lose. There's still two more elimination games they have to go through. Now they're in the Eastern Conference as well, John. But I guess just in recent, it's the Barry history,
1: Trotz thing. It's the Barry Trotz thing.
0: And, and they haven't really pre- presented. Right. They haven't really thwarted the Capitals' run toward. the yeah. There was a, the a time fi- final appearance, though not in the not in the last twenty years or so. Right. right.
1: There was a time when yes, they were. You know, it's like the Rangers. There was a time when I hated them, but what's the point anymore? So. Exactly. You know. exactly but I, I like I actually I, I like a lot about uh, Tampa they're they're kind of the the I always look at uh, in, in my SEC fandom people always do you hate Georgia and I don't really hate Georgia Tennessee's the team that, you know. No, you, for hate, me, you hate Tennessee. That was because that was the rivalry during the Spurrier years, the Golden years. Uh, and Georgia's a team that on the national stage, I kind of, if, if, if we're out of it, I don't really mind Georgia. And I kind of feel that way about Tampa. But in this case, they're playing against Barry Trotz. He's one of ours. So.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, it is interesting. Not, uh, you know, the, the Rams were always the big rival of the 49ers. The Cowboys were always the big rival. Later on, it was the Packers who were the big rivals. So you always hated those teams more. You always rooted for any team that played them, right. uh, as well. But after the Rams left for St. Louis and were there for t- seemingly 20, about 20 years. Uh, They come back, it's almost, you know, you're welcoming home the prodigal team in a way, and you're kind of happy about it and kind of rooting for them a little bit. I have really no issue. Arizona, as an up-and-coming team, yes, they beat the Niners, but boy, oh boy, Kyler Murray looks great, and De'Andre Hopkins looks all-world right now, and all Larry Fitzgerald is doing is making, you know, five or six catches and just, you know, keeping drives alive. That is a, and they're... Much tougher on defense. I'm. I, I don't mind rooting for them. I don't mind losing to them really that much, but the Seahawks.
1: <laughs> it's like many things, though, Mark. It's your Tennessee in the nineties. And it's, it's like many things. It's the, when I'm, Tennessee for me in the 90s, that was the team and the coach and Peyton Manning, and there were so many reasons I despised them. But quite often, Mark, you've come to, in your NFL fandom, you've come to the place where I think more people are in their college football fandom in that I don't really hate the guys who play for Notre Dame. I think it'd look cool to have a Notre Dame uniform on. I just can't stand Notre Dame fans.
0: I, don't ha- I love Russell Wilson.
1: Um, yeah, I exactly. I don't
0: it, hate the players.
1: It's the fans. I hate,
0: I hate the fans. I, I mean, I don't hate the fans.
1: I like Nick Saban. I like right. the way that Alabama team plays. I love Jalen Hurts. I love Tua. Right. But I can't stand Alabama fans.
0: Right. Exactly. And And, you know, anytime you celebrate yourself, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Don't wear don't wear an, a jersey number. Celebrating yourself. That's four steps below wearing a jersey number of the number of your favorite player, but putting your name on it. Oh, no, I disagree. That's, that's highly annoying. That's the worst. But then putting 12. You are the worst, uh, let's celebrate
1: ourselves. You would do that. Aaron Burr would wear a Russell Wilson jersey with Burr on the back. Because he Because you are the worst Burr. He would. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's go back to
0: progressive trivia. We have another guest. Uh, it's Derek Jeter. And I'm not sure what Lenny was referring to when he talked about Norv Turner. Maybe we were talking about coaches that make a difference or coaches that clam. <laughs> I don't know what it is. At any rate, let's go back
1: to the first set of clues. Whose offensive coordinator is he right our, now? Probably. That's probably what he's yep. referring to.
0: Well, actually, yeah, you're right. I don't know. But... They have success. I know for a while he was at Minnesota. I don't know if he's at Tennessee. I don't know, to tell you the truth. We can look that up and find that out. First set of clues, played 17-plus seasons in the majors. Career numbers, 285. Batting average, pretty solid career number. 2,300-plus hits, 225-plus stolen bases, 1,000-plus RBI. Played with Ruben Sierra and Tito Fuentes. Finished in the top 10 for MVP three times. Six-time All-Star. Played whole career for one team. Was a World Series MVP. In the Hall of Fame, 50-plus postseason at-bats, hit 330-plus. That's pretty good. Won four gold gloves, also pretty good. Finished fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting to his teammate one. And that teammate and him are considered one of the greatest double play combinations in Major League Baseball history. And I think that probably will be the giveaway clue that everyone's That everyone needs. Have you guessed again, John Pelkey?
1: I have not guessed again, actually. I was searching. I was searching the Norv Turner thing. He is a special assistant. Oh, bad head coach. Well, we know he's a bad head coach. I'm not sure what we were discussing at that point in time, but he is a special assistant as of last season, uh, with the Carolina Panthers.
0: Uh, we also should mention we were one and one on Monday night. We both correctly predicted Pittsburgh covering and we both correctly, we both were incorrect in thinking Denver was going to take care of Tennessee and they did not. So
1: no, that was a weird, weird game. And I lost, uh, electricity that night. Um, so I didn't get to see any of the early game. I just followed it on the, uh, on my phone until that died. Uh, cause we were without electricity for about 10 hours right at the end of the show. It went down, didn't come back on until uh, almost one o'clock in the morning. Um, and I saw highlights of that, uh, the late game. I might've even come in just at the end of it. Um, But you got to give Tennessee credit. That's a game they should have lost probably with all those missed field goals. And uh, they, uh, you know, are are they going to be, is this going to be another, is this going to be another year for that team where sort of things like that break their way?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's the, uh, the Vrabel thing. It's the, it's the New England connection. It's this, it's this gritty kind of thing. You sort of just. Find a way to win. You just find a way. I mean, a lot of a lot of years in the Vrabel era with the New England Patriots, they had, you know, they had wide receivers playing DB for crying out loud. I just think it's that kind of. I just think it's that kind of team. They just they they just are able to make a, a a bunch of mistakes. Yeah, and somehow end up on top. It's interesting. All right, so Denver. Oh, Denver covered. Okay, right. And recovered. Well, then we won, John.
1: I'm, I, don't, I don't Then I we're don't, 2 and 0. I, I try not to think of it in terms of gambling because then well, I'll you, start, okay. my picks will start getting worse. They well, will. I can't think of it in those terms. No, I understand that. the best year it. gambling I've ever had. What is the best year betting on sports when I did not find out until the end of the year that I was betting on sports? Well, I agree. I that was the best. The just when I was just doing it, be just going with my going with my gut. Now it's all in my head. I I I I dream I'm in a sports book, and it's just it's 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 wreaking havoc on me. To be quite frank, you're watching your bank account just shrivel and shrivel and shrivel <sighs> well, well, for multiple reasons right now. Yeah, that's just, yeah because haven't had haven't made any money in six months. Yeah, probably something to do with it. Major League Baseball,
0: John, the league and the Players Association. <laughs> <You're>
1: just, <laughs> This is the story you can't—you just can't get enough of.
0: Well, because I was—I gave Tony Clark no benefit of any doubt.
1: No, at right? one point you said Tony Clark, in the history of 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 the world of humanity, was probably in the top twelve worst people ever.
0: I, you know, I I did make a a comment that alluded to something similar that. To that, I agree. I wholeheartedly yeah, you agree. You despised Tony Clark. I despised was. the job he was doing. I thought he was a clam. I thought he was anti-clutch. I thought the fact that he summarily rejected any idea of a bubble before it really even had a chance to steep with anyone was a, turned out to be a clam decision as well. And certainly, I don't think he did the right thing with by not taking the high road. And taking care of a lot of the issues that are going to be on the table in the 2021 uh, collective bargaining agreement when that comes due or 22. He didn't take advantage of that, didn't take the high road. But in the end, he and Manfred have worked very well together.
1: They really and have
0: the way they've adjusted with all the, the, the early plethora of. And I've used that word seven times already. Uh, early plethora of covid positive test results. Uh, Can I give us credit?
1: can I give you, both you and I credit uh, back in August when they were starting to ramp up for baseball, both you and I said they have to remain agile. That's the thing that they're going to have to do. It can't come into this battle between the players association and uh, and the commissioner's office. If they're going to get this thing up and running and they're going to commit to it, then they're going to have to be agile in their response to things. And both sides have done that so i agree with you we called it early we said this is what you yeah. have to do to be successful and they've done it because i was ready and to shut baseball down after the Miami marlin situation you know i i, 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 I know john I, you, you i fully were overreacted
0: major league baseball to laos <laughs> you were comparing major league baseball to laos and siam
1: I don't think we've seen anything like this since Pol Pot. That's right. I think Rob Manfred and Tony Clark are essentially mass murdering psychopaths. Lopes takes a high outside pitch. Uh, Dave's not laying off those too often. Got to be a little more patient at the plate. Back to the screaming bloody murderers, Tony Clark and Rob Manfred. And so now they've
0: decided to, to the best of my knowledge, make this decision to have... A postseason bubble where they play the NL uh, postseason, certainly the World Series, but a lot of, oh, that's what it is. It's the entire postseason with the exception of the first round. Right. And remember, the first round is with all the also ran teams because you've got eight teams in each league making the playoffs as opposed to four. Right. I, I'm sorry, five. So it's three more teams, it's 60% more teams. And those, Additional six teams in both leagues, that's that first round, essentially, where you're, you know, where it's the riff-raff. They don't want to deal with the riff-raff. But once you've got it down now yeah. to four teams in each league, then the Nationals are going to go to Southern California, I think primarily in uh, Petco and, and uh, Chavez, Chavez Ravine, I, perhaps I think uh, Angel Stadium as well, and then Arlington and Houston in Texas yeah. for the AL. And they're talking about having limited numbers of fans. So not only were they agile in the moment with all of the postponements that have to, had to happen as a result of the COVID positive tests that, that were coming in, but now they're a little bit agile for the postseason and looking ahead and working together. This is, I'm, I'm laughing only because it's, it's so unlike how the relationship was pre-covid and even early on into the pandemic. Well,
1: I wonder if one of the I'm best sort things of giddy with joy about it
0: frankly because I think it's a great idea.
1: I'm wondering if one of the best things that happened was that that first incident with the Marlins was as uh, drastic of a situation as it was with so many players involved and such a um such a push from from folks in the media and folks like me who thought wow, this is really this is really evidence that you should not have done this and you need to shut this down now. And I think the fact that it was as big of an issue as it was, because even you would agree back then we were, even you who were not as pessimistic as I was, we're looking at this going, Hey, if if this is what we're going to run into, if we're going to have teams missing, you know, 10 days, two weeks worth of games here and there, then this is, it's going to be almost impossible to finish this thing out. Um, but they responded to that one. I thought they were agile about what they did. Um, yep. And I, and I, I think that um, I, I think to your point, they're remaining agile. I think there probably was a lot of a push to we're already playing in the stadiums. Why don't we, you know, the home stadiums and we're going to 20% capacity. And I think what they said was uh, we can mess with that for a bit, but when it comes down to our division and, uh, uh league championships and the world series once that part of the tournament starts it's going to end and it's going to we're going to get through it we're going to crown a champion we're not going to have a 10-day delay or even a four or five day two-game delay we we can't afford to do that and i think that's very very smart very smart happy for baseball
0: I am happy for them, too. If the playoffs were to start today, not end today, which I said at the beginning of the show. <laughs>
1: and you called it San Diego and Tampa.
0: San Diego and Tampa will be in the World Series. But if the playoffs were to start today, the one in the eighth seed in the NL are the Dodgers and the Giants. And the Dodgers, I think, you know, I don't know what they are. Thirty five and fifty record in baseball. They they have the best record in baseball. The Padres are only two and a half games behind them, and it mm-hmm. we're one and a half before yesterday. Uh The Giants, though, have given the Dodgers the biggest fits, believe it or not, yep. of any team in baseball. I think it, they're four and five against the Dodgers right now, but that would be the first-round playoff in the National League, which is unbelievable, John, that the Giants would be there. And then the number two, uh the, the next game would be the number two-seeded Cubs, because remember, even though the Padres have a better record than the Cubs, different division. Uh, the Cubs are a division winner. Right. So the Cubs would play the Phillies. The Braves were the next division winner. Uh, they're the number three seed. They would play the Cardinals. And then the Padres would play the Marlins. Now, a lot of people were, have been talking about the Padres for the last couple of years, wondering when they were going to break out. They had a lot of young talent. When's it going to gel? But still, coming into the season, if you thought – you saw it right. There was a Padres Marlins playoff game. You would think that does not seem right.
1: Yeah. In it really the doesn't.
0: American League, the number one seed are the White Sox. They Chicago play White the Indians. Number two seed the Rays, they'll play the Blue Jays. Number three seed the Athletics, the A's, uh play the Astros. And then number four, the Twins versus the Yankees. Twins and Yankees were last year, John. Mm-hmm. I believe we were in New York, as a matter of fact, about to go on a cruise when we Our used to do those cruise. kinds of things. Our our last, our last cruise. Will it be our last cruise ever?
1: Well, I don't know if it's our last cruise. It'll be the last one we work for a paycheck. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. If that's ever All happening right. again.
0: All right. Well, it was our last, and you were we were in New York, and you were just so mad. You were so mad that the Yankees beat the. 20th. Oh God! You would just, yeah, just just couldn't stand that. So, what's most surprising to you about about this? And are you looking forward? to Major League Baseball, at least for this season, looking more like the NBA or the NHL?
1: Oh, no, I am. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the postseason. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm most surprised. surprised the American League Central was as uh, strong as it was. And uh, I, I feel bad for the Chicago White Sox, who, you know, how many people could tell you right now they have the second-best record in all of baseball and the best in the American League, certainly. Um, but I feel bad for them pulling a division opponent in the first round, a team that right. knows them well. That's not right. a good draw. For right. them and no. that division all year long, in you know it kind of toils in obscurity because nobody has a superstation there. If you're the you're the best team in the division, you're still the second most celebrated team in the city in which you play. The White Sox. Um, it, that's uh, I uh, I am surprised that that division it, it was as good as it was is as good as it is um, in the American League. Not not a ton of surprises beyond that. I mean, I think it's a lot of the usual suspects. I, I think we could look at the see, regular season. I mean, I don't think anybody thought the Red Sox would be quite this bad. Um, Tampa, if you if you sleep on the Tampa, Ray, Tampa Bay Rays, you're just stupid because there's just too much talent in that system that what they need to do is what they always seem to be able to do is get three or four young guys playing above their head a little bit and a couple of their established stars, and they can make a run. Uh, the National League, though, uh, to your point, if if you would have told me the San Diego Padres and the and the, and the Miami Marlins would both be in the playoffs, I'd have said there's something. And the Giants, and, and the Giants, yeah. Well, the Giants simply because you told me coming into the season you believed that they would forfeit by the All Star break. they're just the rest of the season they'd give up on. Yeah. Um, but the, you know the Giants have a history of uh, of success. In the postseason as of the last fifteen plus years. They do,
0: but they don't have a history of making the postseason when they're
1: not very good. Yeah, well that's that's true. That well, that that's your what's not very good this year. I mean, it you know, it all comes down to matchups. That's true. You do you agree with me that you the Chicago White Sox that's would tough. prefer to play somebody outside of their division?
0: And and frankly, outside the Padres, you know, probably the next team that they don't want to face are the San Francisco Giants. It's the same kind of situation. There's three there's going to be three teams coming out of the West and three teams coming out of the AL Central. Yeah. And uh the first round matchups, at least if the playoffs were to start today, would involve uh two of those, you know, both of those divisions matching up against each other with their number one seed. So that's that is very very unusual and it's a two out of it's a best of 3 series, so See, anything can happen. That. I love. It's that. remarkable. We got I a couple more guesses in, John. We got a Cal Ripken Jr. Your thoughts on him? One of the best players of all time, Johnny. Show him the money. Uh, Bill Mazeroski, another another guest from Lenny. Your thoughts from him, John?
1: Parlaying one World Series moment into a Hall of Fame career. You know, hey, more power. I'm tool. all for it. Yeah, absolutely, no, he's a tool. great defensive second baseman. And you you have any other guesses? I don't actually all right. I've, uh, the, the, the clues have gone out of my head. It just wasn't, it should have, uh, it, it, it really should have triggered something in me and it didn't.
0: Well, it's okay because uh, these guesses are, are getting it right. I mean, obviously when I say it's part of one of the best double play combinations, you know, you, you know, it's going to be a shortstop or a second Mm -hmm. baseman. So that's why you get a Ripken and a, uh, and a Mazroski guess. All right. So let's go to this. Let's go to the, 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 the clues again. One more time from the top. Played 17 plus seasons in the majors. Played 20, actually. These are here. These are, uh, his career numbers. 285 exactly. John, 2300 plus hits. Not that many over 2300. Uh, 225. I think it was 230 stolen bases. Just a bit over a thousand RBIs, a thousand plus played with Ruben Sierra and Tito Fuentes finished in the top 10. For the MVP, three times. Six-time All-Star. Played his whole career, all 20 years. For one team, was a World Series MVP in 1984. He is a Hall of Famer. 50-plus postseason at-bats. That was in three seasons, 84, 87, and uh, maybe 91 was the next one. Won four gold gloves, finished fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting. His teammate won. That was Lou Whitaker. That teammate and I consider one of the greatest double play combinations in Major League Baseball history.
1: He is Alan Trammell. Wow! I did just, you know he
0: was a Hall of Famer, John?
1: I did not. Me neither. I did not know that Alan Trammell was a Hall of Famer. I believe Alan Trammell, University of Florida product. If I'm not incorrect, um, but uh, yeah, I should have. Uh, you're right, Trammell and uh, Whitaker. I should right. have known, but again, it's a, you know, the, the American league central Mark, it, uh, it operates behind a curtain for me in my baseball. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's a, if it's an American, I don't know what it is. If it's an American league central game, eh, I'm probably not turning it on. And I know that wasn't the American league central at the time, but they're just those Midwest teams that I'm They're flyover states to me. I fully admit it. I'm a bit of a dandy when it comes yeah, to Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. You know, if, a... if, it, if I saw today white Sox. Are playing the, the, the twins or the Indians, playoff teams, or it's a, it's a rerun of Jake and the fat man. Nah, you're going with, we are pretty, pretty, with, uh, Joe Penny and, uh, William, William Conrad William. all the time. Right. Absolutely. You're going with William Conrad over any Midwestern game of any, of any kind. Frankly, yeah. not just baseball. I'm beginning to see my my failings because you know how I feel about when you said the Cardinals were going to be in the she playoffs. Something like, wrong ugh. with the Democratic Party, John? <laughs> probably. Yeah, I'm probably coastal elite. Sure, bit of a I defeat. Sure, hates. The look fly-over. at my hair now. Look at. I mean, just look. Yeah, look what's I, happened to me. You now I'm a hippie. Hates the flyover teams. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just when you the said it, I'm people. like. Oh, crap. It, the Midwest. Yeah. The Cardinals are in. Uh, they will get in, and then they'll upset somebody, and they'll be in the NLCS, blah, blah.
0: In there. We don't want them in there. No. All right. Very quickly, let's talk about, speaking of the Cardinals, great, great transition. We're going to do our our deep dive a week from today, deep dive 10. It's going to be on the year in sports, 1968. And uh, it's a w- remarkable year. Now, of course, all sure. kinds of things happened politically in the United States that were two assassinations. Uh, the war—it uh, was going incredibly badly for the United States in 1968, or at least it's now aware. At least the public is now aware of how badly it's going. It had been going badly for a while. Uh, there's a presidential election. Cities are burning, and in the meantime, you've got the Jets at the end of the season, uh, winning Super Bowl three and upsetting the entire NFL hierarchy. You've got obviously John Carlos, Tommy Smith in the Mexico City Olympics. With their Black Power salute, you've got the Cardinals and the Tigers in One a the great, great seven-game series. And really, John, really the end, the beginning of the end for Kurt Flood. He yeah. had a great year. They loved him in St. Louis. And Game 7, even though the Cardinals had a 3-1 lead going in Game 7, it's 0-0. And he misplays a fly ball, just an average fly ball. I think it's Norm Cash. And it's a, it becomes a triple. They... It's like a two or three run triple. And uh, they lose the game. They lose game seven. And he was one of the all timers in terms of uh, defense, clutch hitting, and sort of the beginning of the end for him as well. So a lot of fun. We're going to talk about
1: 1968. It almost deserves two or three parts, John. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. And a couple of things. Lenny, uh, our birthday boy Lenny, pointing out the Heidi game was that year, which is just one of the great NFL stories of all time. But I would also argue, Mark, that in January of 1968, it, uh, it was like an earthquake through the NFL. Vince Lombardi stepped down as head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now he would come back in '69 with, with for one glorious season with the with uh, the Washington Football Team. But I mean, if you start the the the, the tectonic shift in the NFL from Lombardi stepping down to then Namath winning a Super Bowl a year later, uh, it was it was a, a enormous change in the NFL, and it really was saying goodbye to the the early 60s NFL, which really was the building block for that game um, on television, the, through the early 60s, and the fact that there was a Green Bay Packer team. I think it was important to have a dynasty then. You know me, I'm generally against them, but I think it was a cool thing at a time when you didn't get a lot of football games televised to have a team that everybody in the country realized was better than everybody else, but Lombardi steps down. And then to your point, I mean, the floodgates of things that happened in and out of the world of sports over the next 12 months are just um, largely unparalleled. They really are. They really are
0: prior to 2020. That is. Yeah. So that does it for us, John, anything else you want to say as we depart? It's our second consecutive show without Jeff. And
1: I think technically it went okay. And time-wise, we 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 we're, we're coming in, you know, just at about uh, the hour, and we've never done that. In fact, I feel the need now to monologue for twelve to fourteen minutes, so that this feels like a show that people, you know, people wait around forty eight hours to get a new show, and they're only getting an hour of it right now. I don't, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, Mark. Uh, I wish the Big Ten the best of luck. Um, I would be in favor of the Pac twelve at least sitting down and discussing getting involved. Um, and uh, tomorrow night's game, uh, Lenny wanted to let us know the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. He, his shocker is that Cincinnati wins it all outright. Don't know how much of a shocker that is after week one of what we saw from, uh, from Cleveland and the fact that I think we saw that Joe, Joe Burrow might be a pretty good football player. I agree. He was pretty fun. It should be a fun
0: game. That's tomorrow. We'll see you Friday, folks. For John Pelkey, I'm Mark Ferrer. You've been listening to After Further Review. Stay safe, everyone.